2: Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives! What what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR, Sports Radio 550.
1: So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something.
3: There isn't.
4: We're back. I'm back. The Nightcap here on WGR, back in your regular rotation. 7-4, seven to four seven to 745 tonight because we've got hockey New York Islanders Tampa Bay Lightning 745 coverage here on WGR puck drop starts at eight o'clock Tampa leads the series three to one won't have a game tomorrow we were supposed to Dallas Stars decided to end things early with the Vegas Golden Knights so you'll get a full show with me tomorrow night. Thursday, I'll lead you into Thursday Night Football. And Friday, full preview, previewing the Bills and the Dolphins on Sunday, week two. The Bills are 1 0. I haven't been on the air since. I do pregame. So I previewed the game with Nate Geary on Sundays, and you'll hear me with Nate throughout the season. My prediction on Sunday, if I remember correctly, was 31-20 to 20 in favor of the Bills. Not too far off. I thought there'd be some garbage time points for the Jets. They put that up on the board. Uh, the Jets are having issues of their own. They look like pretty much a joke right now. And the Bills are off and running, and we're having the season at least through one game that we all thought they would. Which is significantly better and being significantly better than a team like the New York Jets. And it's so interesting to see how the two organizations, the two teams have grown. And how they have evolved since that 2018 NFL Draft. That momentous 2018 NFL Draft that changed five different franchises for a long time. All that picked quarterbacks. And right now, it's pretty easy to see that the Bills are coming out on the better side of that. A lot of Josh Allen talk today, his running, the offense itself, is this the offense that can bring the Bills from playoff contender to Super Bowl contender? Because that's the jump that we're waiting for from the offense and especially Josh Allen. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number to talk Bills with me. And also, around the league, real quick before we even get into that, How nice does it feel that there's a ton of big-name wide receivers that are in trade rumors right now? Odell Beckham, whatever you want to believe from Mike Francesa, is reportedly, according to Mike Francesa, available for trade. That the Browns are shopping Odell Beckham? A guy that, in the past, I've stood right in here for hours at a time and argued that the Bills should go all out to try to get that player. Allen Robinson right now is available in Chicago. There's a contract dispute. He removed the Bears from his Instagram and his Twitter. That's how you let everybody know that you're, you're discontent these days. And Allen Robinson now might be available for trade. Those are two pretty darn good wide receivers in football. Those are two true number one wide receivers when they're at their full powers. And how strange is it that the Bills just like eh, we don't need it. Who cares? It's just a it's just a story around the league. Odell Beckham, Allen Robinson, I'm good, and that's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Like some people are tossing out, hey, John Brown in a second round pick. John Brown is a darn good wide receiver. Last year, as the Bills' number one. He was a pretty darn good wide receiver in a role that most would assume is too much for John Brown. He played very well. Over a 1,000 yards. He put up touchdowns. He was consistent all year. He had that streak going at one point where I think it was over more than 50 yards in however many games in a row. It ended up being like eight or nine. John Brown was consistent as a number 1 wide receiver. Now he slides back into the number 2 role, and through one game, John Brown's not sliding back into anything. It's a 1A, 1B through one game again. I would expect over the course of the season, Stephon Diggs' target share will go up, and as he gets more familiar with Josh Allen, as he gets more familiar with Brian Dable's offense, Stephon Diggs will be the leader in targets at the end of the year. That's why he traded a second-round pick for him. But even John Brown, who's to say that trading John Brown in a second-round pick for Odell Beckham or Allen Robinson would make this offense any better? He separates at an elite level. He is limited by his size, yes. But the guy gets open. The guy is consistent with his hands. And I don't need much more than that. If you get open and you don't drop the football, it doesn't really matter how big you are. If you want to be, you know, one of the elites of the league, only the elites of the league, like Julio Jones and A.J. Green when he was in his prime and Michael Thomas, like some of these guys, you put that route running, those reliable hands, and then the size on top of it, that's how you get to be a top five receiver in football. John Brown is, you know, doesn't have the size. But otherwise, I don't need to improve from him. I, and Stephon Diggs. By all accounts, so far, the guy's out there blocking on screens. He is getting open on the short routes against the Jets on Sunday. And what I had said leading into this season about Stephon Diggs and taking some of this from Matt Harmon from Yahoo, who studies wide receivers and has his reception perception, where he evaluates every receiver in the league, or at least the ones that play enough, on how good they are against man coverage, how good they are against press coverage, how good they are against zone coverage. And Stephon Diggs, last year, was mostly relegated to a burner. A field-stretching, wide receiver that was going to run full speed ahead, and he was going to beat you deep. And Stephon Diggs still put up numbers doing that. Why did he have to do that? Not because he's not a good all-around receiver. It's because the Vikings wanted to run the football. And there wasn't enough balls to go around for Diggs to be an elite wide receiver at all levels of the field. But he had done it in the past. We know he could do it. And he kind of proved that on Sunday. The Bills went out and they got the best deep threat wide receiver in football. I, did he catch one pass that was more than 15 yards down the field? Because he still had a really nice day. He still found himself with 10 targets, and what he showed is that he could be a productive wide receiver almost no matter what you need him to be. He was the perfect addition as a Bills number one wide receiver. It could not have been more perfect. Eight for 86 on nine targets was Diggs. And there was one play where he called like a five-yard out. He made two Jets miss, and he ended up with like 12. So there's that yard after yards after the catchability from Diggs. And these guys that are available right now, Odell Beckham, I love Odell Beckham. I think when he's healthy and when he's got a quarterback that can get the football anywhere near him, I think he's the most talented player in the league. I think he is the best receiver in football when all of that is working. Problem is, when's the last time that happened? Because Baker Mayfield looks pretty darn bad right now. Eli at the end, of course, was really bad. And Beckham also hasn't stayed healthy. Stephon Diggs doesn't have that problem. He's out there. He's healthy. He's also less expensive on his contract. I didn't even mention that. Diggs, the perfect addition on the field, off the field. He's still young, in his prime, and he's on an affordable contract. It's the perfect trade. I'm still, it happened however many months ago, still stoked about that trade. And I can't wait to see more from him. Allen Robinson's never really had a quarterback much to be able to throw to him. So who's to say how high his ceiling is? Like, none of these guys matter anymore. And that's, like, that's when you know the Bills have arrived for me in terms of their organization. Because what it is, is a commitment to throwing the football. Finally, a commitment to throwing the football. No more spending a first-round pick on Willis McGahee. And, say, and building your offense around a running back. No more spending a first-round pick on Marshawn Lynch and building around a running back, or C.J. Spiller and building around a running back. The Bills spent more first-round picks on running back than maybe they did quarterback and wide receiver combined for, like, a 20-year stretch. I'll look that up to be exact. But if, if off the top of my head, that might be right. It's a commitment... To throwing the football. That's how you get to contention. If you're going to be better than the Patriots. Which right now. Those two teams are setting up for a divisional race. New England beat Miami. By the way. They beat Miami at home. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw three interceptions. And they won 21-11. to I know they won. And I know Cam Newton looked really good. But. New England did not look like world beaters out there. They did not look like a team that, to me, deserved to be co-favorites with the Bills. Now, I wouldn't say the Bills should be heavy favorites at this point to win the AFC East, but they should be favored. Because on Sunday, the Bills answered every question. And I know it's the Jets. And you know what? It sucks that you have to qualify it, but you do have to qualify it. You do. I'm as excited after that game for this team that I maybe ever been for how they'll do over the course of an entire season. But it has to be qualified. It was the Jets. It was the Jets. It was Adam Gase's Jets. And if there's a coach in the league that you would trust to have his team ready to go after no preseason and a weird, quirky offseason, Adam, Adam Gase would be the least trustworthy coach in the league on that front. With a wide receiver core that highlighted Chris Hogan. Brashard Perriman, who's been injured. And has been a backup really ever since he turned out to be a bust. A first round bust for Baltimore a few years back. And like Frank Gore. And Josh Adams. Like depth pieces. The Jets had guys on offense that would never touch the field for the Bills. And in the first half. They could, that defense for New York couldn't stop a nosebleed. The Bills just did whatever they wanted, so it does have to be qualified. It is the New York Jets. L- next week will suck too. That that will also have to be qualified. But the Bills controlled the teams, the team that they needed to control, and that's why, to me, I am over the moon about what where they're at right now. And how they do it? They did it with offense. The offense, to me though, will only look like that and like they did in the first half of Sunday's game where they looked like one of the better offenses in football. They looked like a, a team capable of keeping up with Kansas City and Baltimore. That offense will only look like that if Josh Allen runs the football. And that's been a topic of discussion over the past couple of days. How much should you limit Josh Allen from running the football? And to me, my answer to that is, why would you ever limit the best part of your offense? Because right now, and for the past two and a half years, that's been the best part of your offense. It opens everything else up. Eric Wood was on with Shope in the Bulldog yesterday talking about how it opens up the running game. It makes linebackers think more and can pull them off of their spot because they think Allen's going to be running the football. It gives receivers down the field more time to get open. And Allen, like a lot of the mobile quarterbacks in today's game, are have always got their eyes downfield. And when how many if Allen running the ball was their most effective play last year, second might have been Allen extending the play and John Brown working back to the football. Like John Brown caught a lot of passes running back towards Josh Allen last year who had bought time in the pocket. Never limit his athleticism. It's what makes him a good quarterback. You take that away, and suddenly... You're taking. A, I just. I can't get on board with it. You are, in anyway, way, limiting it at all. I, I guess the argument of you're up twenty-one, nothing to the New York Jets. Why am I doing it there? That I can understand. But if you're, if that game, if any games ever at, in doubt in any way, shape, or form, you have to be running the football with Josh Allen. It's not a coincidence that in the first half of Bill's Jets on Sunday, Josh Allen had ten designed runs. In five scrambles. And they ran up and down the field on the Jets. In the second half, the runs went away. Completely. Nothing. And did you notice what happened in the second half? The Bills offense stalled a little bit. They almost let the Jets back in the game. They let them hang around for a little bit. It was 21-10 to 10 with, with time to go. And it felt comfortable because you knew the Bills' defense was not going to let the Jets' offense back into that game. You, you knew it. But Allen stopped running and they stalled. That, to me, is not a coincidence. It's what makes him a great quarterback. And the injury concern is just not something that registers for me. It's almost, almost completely and provably false. That running quarterbacks have this knack for getting injured. Edwin Porras from Fantasy Points on Twitter about an hour ago had a thread about mobile quarterbacks and how often they do end up getting injured. And he looked at going back to Randall Cunningham in the 90s. I think is probably the longest he goes back here. Yeah. Edwin Porras... Randall Cunningham with the Philadelphia Eagles in the 90s, 15 seasons. Michael Vick, 13 seasons. Steve Young, 15 seasons. Cordell Stewart, 9 seasons. Donovan McNabb, 13. John Elway, 16. Steve McNair, 13. Average of 13 and a half NFL seasons for that group, which is the most mobile. Group of quarterbacks that you can find that are no longer playing right now and have played in somewhat of a modern era. And as Edwin says, of those quarterbacks, only Cordell Stewart had fewer than 600 rushing attempts. The rest of them were over 650. So all those guys were running the football. And how many major injuries did they have of that entire group? That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight quarterbacks. Of those eight quarterbacks, Cunningham had a major injury on a sack. A major knee injury on a sack. Steve Young had a final concussion that ended his career on a sack. Donovan McNabb, most major injury. Broken ankle. It was on a sack. Now, McNabb did have a broken rib on a touchdown run. And I think, honestly, broken rib might be the most serious that you get here. McNair, Stewart, all these guys don't have big major injuries from running the football. Even... Who who is the poster child for a mobile quarterback that career was derailed due to injury? It's RG3, Robert Griffin III, and people might forget what happened with Robert Griffin III. He is trying to pick up a fumble in the backfield. Like he has dropped back to pass and his knee buckles. If I'm remembering that right, it is not Robert Griffin III taking off and running. So, this is a point why, whenever anyone brings up, Lamar Jackson's not going to last. You you don't watch Lamar Jackson play if you don't think Lamar Jackson's going to last. Watch that game against Cleveland that he had on Sunday. Lamar Jackson stood in the pocket and picked apart the Browns' defense. And just because he had five or six plays in the game where he also looked like Devin Hester or Tyreek Hill making guys miss doesn't mean that he also was capable and consistently can stand in the pocket and pick apart a defense. Because he has, I don't even want to say developed as a passer. He was always a very good pocket passer. But he was so good at the running that people just, I guess, assumed that he, oh, he can't also be good in the pocket, right? I'm not going to draft the mobile guy, but he was. (laughs) If Lamar Jackson couldn't run, like there's an argument to be made, he'd still be a starting quarterback in the league, if not a really good one. In fact, I think he certainly would be a starting one and a good one, even if he was like a statue. And Allen is a part of that as well. Allen with Jackson. And to me, it's also not a coincidence that they are easily right now one and two for that draft class. And it's taken me a while there on Allen. Jackson, it didn't, because I always wanted Jackson. 2018, I, now, to be fair, to be fair, and maybe me wanting Jackson and having him as my number two quarterback made up for it, but I had Rosen as my number one. And I still believe, you know, I still believe that Josh Rosen had a team that wasn't a dumpster fire committed to him, that he would be a good quarterback in the league. But, you know... Arizona, worst offensive line in the league. Then they give up on him. Miami, worst offensive line. We don't need to get into Josh Rosen here. i always liked Lamar Jackson. Allen, I never did. Allen might have been fifth for me, like a lot of people. That wasn't uncommon. Bills fans booed him when they draft him. Like Go look up a video of the Fieldhouse when they announced Josh Allen. Bills fans also weren't happy with the pick. And it took me a while. And it's still taken me a while. And I, I'm not all the way there. But where I am at is he's an above average quarterback in the league because of the running. The passing is there and it is coming and it is it is improving. And I'm not ready to 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 write off that he can't become a very good pocket passing quarterback cuz I think he's already pretty good. But you still have Some glaring mishaps. They're lucky that they played the Jets on Sunday. Because otherwise, we could have been talking about Josh Allen losing them a football game. Even with the 300 plus yards. And why is that? There were four plays where Allen hurt his team on Sunday. Maybe it was only four. Because for the most part, all day, he was was on the money. But... This is what Josh Allen will always be, to me. He can have a great, consistent day, but there'll be those few moments where you'll remember, oh, that's that's where the natural accuracy comes into play. Allen on Sunday cost the Bills at a minimum 20 points. Two major misses in the end zone. The one that is becoming a meme right now, and, you know, in in one way, yeah, it sucks. Because he had a great day, and a lot of people are only pointing to, well, he missed John Brown by 100 yards over his head. But, I also understand it, because not everybody's watching that game, and you see anybody make that play. Especially Josh Allen with the reputation he has with some people. That's going to get passed around, no doubt. But a couple plays before that, or maybe a couple drives before that, Dawson Knox is open in the end zone. Allen, play action, rolling out to his left, cross his body. You watch the replay. Stephon Diggs is double covered. He's standing at the goal line. He is pointing to Dawson Knox in the back of the end zone. Like, throw it to Dawson. And Allen, rolling out to his left, throws that ball, and it's not even close to on the money. And Knox can't get there. Easy touchdown. Gone. John Brown, easy touchdown. Gone. Then you had the two fumbles. Both drives that they were doing really well on. They were primed to score. Let's say they only were going to score field goals there. Which for me, that's hard to believe because Allen in the red zone is one of the most effective plays in the league. And I I think the Bills would have ended up scoring on those drives. But let's say they don't. Let's say at the minimum they get the two field goals. That's 20 points. And those mistakes are how you average under 20 points a game, like they did last season, instead of 30-plus like the top offenses in the league. Four plays like that, glaringly bad. Turnovers and open misses. They're lucky it was the Jets. So has Josh, has Josh Allen proved a lot of people wrong? Including, the I just mentioned, the Bills fans that booed him at the draft? Yes, he's proven most people wrong so far. Is he a good quarterback? I would say yes. But is he still prone to mistakes that can cost you games in big moments? I think so. And you would hope that that just you get lucky. And if that play to John Brown is for a game, or is a big-moment playoff play, or is against New England late in the season, late in a game, when you're trying to win the division, it's always going to be terrifying for me that he's their quarterback. And hopefully, he'll get consistent enough to where, like on Sunday, against the Jets, that he'll be so good throughout the rest of the day that those couple of mistakes won't matter. That, hopefully, is what ends up happening. But, there's still some of those plays, and they've got to go. They've got to go. Because they should have won. They should have put 45 on that team on Sunday. And they put up 27. And that stings a little bit. That team deserved to be blown out. Adam Gase's New York Jets deserved to get run over on that game on Sunday. And Allen cost them 20 points. That's my only hangup on the game. Otherwise, that offense looked like it's primed to be top 10 this year. With him throwing as well as he did and as, as good as he did. 8030550 is the phone number. Hockey coming up, about 15 minutes away from pregame. We'll have Islanders and Lightning. Puck drop at 8 o'clock. Tampa leads that series 3 1 to your calls next. You're on the nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR.
1: As Josh Allen's
2: career progresses, should he maybe run the ball less, take less shots? Absolutely. But at this point of his career, let's let him play to his strength. Is he a top-five pocket quarterback in the league right now? Maybe not, but he's competitive as all get-out. He's super athletic. He's a top-five running quarterback in the league. Let him play to his strengths.
4: Bills, former Bills center, Eric Wood. I'm going show up in the Bulldog yesterday. Find that on demand at WGR550.com, the radio.com app as well. Allen and his running. Decrease it. Keep it the same. I don't. I wouldn't mind if they increased it, to be honest. Your calls. 803-0550. We've got, you know, a little over 10 minutes until we'll kick things over to NHL coverage. Pre-game for the Lightning and Islanders. Game 5 in the Edmonton bubble. The Dallas Stars await the winner. Puck drop for that game, by the way, at 8 o'clock. To your calls at eight oh Let's start with Izzy. Izzy, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man?
1: Hello? Go ahead, man. Can, can you hear me? This is Ken. Hold on. Ken. Sorry, man. <laughs> it's cool. But in any event, uh, cool, thanks for getting me in on the show. But the discussion you've been having about Josh Allen, um, I think it has to be tempered, if you will. Uh, on the one hand, personally, I would rather see him, you know, demonstrate that he could be fully functional in the pocket. On the other hand, his ability to improvise and make plays is um, a factor that's extended drives, gotten first downs, et cetera. and it's been especially impactful in the red zone, as you mentioned. <clears throat> but Here's where I draw the line. Pardon me. I think there's a difference between his running as it relates to his, his tendency to improvise versus the Bills' tendency to call his run. I mean, call him for running plays. You follow me? He's doing read option plays where he has the option to keep the ball or hand it off. He's keeping it in. He's also running out of the pocket. So why are we calling so many excessive runs where we're using the same look? that that uh, Overloaded formation to the left and he runs right to the left. No disguise, no nothing. New England ran the same play except that they ran Cam Newton to the weak side and had the the tackle block down uh-huh. and the guard pool. So we have to be more creative. But I think that what we are seeing is what we're going to continue to see. They have to let him get comfortable, let him be confident. And his confidence soars when he's running around making plays, oddly enough. So I think for now they need to let him ride out with that. And I think we're going to see more of those the, that spread look with those four wide receivers. Yep. He was truly dynamic in that formation. You look at the distribution, it was a good distribution. And he was very, very efficient and very proficient. So
4: yeah, Hey, hey Ken, th- thanks for the call, man. i got a couple other guys to get to. But you were on a roll there. And I don't disagree. More creative with the rushing options, the designed rushing options. I don't mind that at all. And that doesn't sound like to me they're decreasing the volume. So 14 carries against the Jets on Sunday. Ten of those were designed. Like If I had that every week, I would be completely okay with it. If he led the Bills in carries for the season, I'd be fine. And he led them in carries on Sunday. Singletary and Moss, nine each. Allen with 14. He can do it. He's proven it over the last couple of years. And I'm not worried about the hits. And I'm not really worried about the scheme either. Ken made the point there like they should get more creative. Like it's, It's fine. It's working. I don't need them to make huge changes. Other than get him to hold on to the football. That's the one thing. I don't understand how he loses it so easily. But high and tight. Like, shouldn't that be pretty easy, an easy fix? If he's worked on, if he's fixed the deep ball accuracy, which we haven't seen yet, um, the next thing is hold on to the freaking football. Larry, you are next. What's up? on? You're on the nightcap. What's up, Larry? Hey, man,
2: it's so nice you guys are back, and I can talk to you again.
4: I know. It's great. I miss you.
2: <laughs> it's been way too long. Hey, I, number one, I you know, I thought, it was just nice to see them open up and let Josh just air it out. So it was great to see that, you know, we, we don't have to, you know, be conservative. So that's cool. What I would love to see, and there's two things I want to get your, your opinion on. I'd love to see them hit, and, like, that was the game. The Jets was a game for them to hit digs on a, just a simple post pattern over the middle. Jamal Adams is now gone. Their safeties are weak. It would have been great to see them hit him in stride. And, then, and Miami's going to be tougher. They have a better secondary. But I would I would just love to see more design plays like that. But I re- what I really wanted to ask you is the third quarter. Like last year, we really struggled in the third quarter. We just came out flat. Too many threes and outs. It happened again this year. Like what do you? I know you you mentioned Allen's hmm. running. Um, I love when he runs when it when there's this breakdown or if there's a coverage uh, like yep. the coverage. I love when he takes off. But the design runs. They're okay, but it seems like that's when he fumbled. So I just wanted to get your opinion on what's going on in the third quarter and the post pattern.
4: Hey, Larry, thanks for the call, man. Um, I I don't know why they're coming out flat. They did do it last year a bit, too. They definitely did it on Sunday. Sunday, my thought was, it's the Jets, and they didn't think they had to show everything. I think one big reason, maybe this has come up on the station this week, uh, before I got to it here, but... This has been a thing Bill Belichick and the Patriots have gotten credit for in the past, is that New England knew that they were going to beat bad teams early in the season, and they would keep a portion of their playbook hidden, and they wouldn't use it until either the end of the season or the playoffs because they knew they didn't need it. They didn't need it to beat the Miami Dolphins. And I wonder if that was, there was some of that going on on Sunday for the Bills. The Bills, you know they're not going to – their longest pass attempt was maybe 23 yards downfield, I think. You know they've got stuff in there that is for down the field. They traded for Stephon Diggs. You know it's in there. But I think they knew that they didn't need to show everything because it was the Jets. And honestly, (laughs) Matt Barkley could have probably played that game and they would have beat the Jets. That's not me trying to take credit for Mel in a way. That's me trying to tell you that I think the Jets are awful, awful, and there's no reason you had to show everything. So maybe that's part of it in that second half that they were up 21 nothing. They're like we're gonna hit cruise control, and we're okay only winning 27 to 17, even though we could probably win 50 to nothing if we really wanted to. I think there was some of that going on on Sunday, but otherwise, specific game plan reasons, schematic reasons. There's nothing I could tell you. There's nothing that I could see as to why they, they came out slow there uh, other than them taking Allen and his rushing attempts out of play. 803 is the phone number. Mark, you're next up on the nightcap. What's up, Mark?
3: How you doing, man? Um, I have to disagree with you. I got two comments for you. Now, you said that Lamar Jackson is, is a great passer. No, he's not. He's a good passer because he came in the league running. Because if he was a great passer, he would have won in that championship game. I think that championship game, when he, was it when he, when he played a uh, Kansas City or did he played the Titans? Did they lose?
4: The Titans.
3: Okay. Now, he was upset. Don't get wrong. He got to, you know, the MVP and all that. But it will make, will make him even more dangerous because now he wants to be a passer, not just a runner. Like Steve Young. Steve Young was a passer, not a runner. He, that was good in his repertoire that had defenses scared. He's a good passer, don't get me wrong, but he got exposed in that game when the defense kept him in the pocket and said, okay, now I have to disagree with you there. He's a you know he's not a great passer. He's a good passer, but not great. And my second comment is I've been hearing all these past days that, you know, or why he's running like that because the Jets, they figured that they have no secondary. If you have no secondary, why would you sit up there and check man man on man and let the, the offense run the ball on them? So, of course, they're going to sit there and run blitz and say, you know what, let Josh Allen beat us through the air, and then when he threw a little wrinkle in there, and we start running, they didn't believe that hole. They started running, you know that through, they threw them out the back because mm-hmm. they know that uh, Zach Moss, they know that uh, a single can run. They're gonna stop them all day, but they, like I said, he shouldn't have dropped the ball. That's understandable. Thank God that we had a good defense that stopped in the whole nine. And you know what I'm saying, but what I'm saying with Josh, that was designed, and I like what Dave Ball said. It was designed runs because you, you, like I said, you take what the defense gives. You.
4: Yeah, hey, hey, uh, Mark, thanks for the call, man. Um I would disagree with you. I do think Lamar Jackson's a great passer. He did have a bad game. He hasn't been great in the playoffs. I can't I can't argue that at all. He's been bad in the playoffs so far. Um But I think Jackson's a great pocket passer. I think he has again, I don't even want to say he's become it. Because I always thought he was very good. And is he the best? No, he's not the best. But if you look at a lot of his accuracy numbers from standing in the pocket when he's got time, and he has the benefit of having that Ravens offensive line. But he's good. He's very good. If you want to argue good versus great, fine. I don't think there's a huge difference there. Um, and then I don't have any I don't have any F extra for you on that second comment. I'm good there. 8030550 uh, is the phone number. Time for one more before we get you that NHL coverage. Let's go to Colin. Colin, you're on the nightcap. What's up?
2: Hey, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, on the topic of Josh rushing again, I know you're probably sick of, sick of hearing about it um you said that you know you're fine with the amount he runs, and maybe you want to see more the only The only issue I have personally is and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like the the read option plays in the backfield are where we get hurt <clears throat> because Josh being as big as he is takes you know maybe an extra stride or two than someone like Lamar Jackson to get going to to his top speed. So I feel like when you got your, your quarterback standing there with the ball, um, and that play takes a little while to develop, uh, that's when we get into some trouble. And I feel like a lot of those plays get stuffed pretty quickly. And I and if I can recall last year I didn't I didn't remember seeing, you know, that play do us, you know, any good. So I don't know.
4: Yeah, hey, hey Colin, thanks for the call man. I um I don't I think I disagree with you on the read option part of it he's not he's fast I don't know if I'd call Josh Allen quick and I think you might have a point there like a lot of his scrambles that work is when he rolls out of the pocket and he's got a full head of steam as he's heading towards the line of scrimmage and if he doesn't throw it while he's heading towards the line of scrimmage and he takes off it's hard to bring him down because it's almost like Derrick Henry as a quarterback when Derrick Henry gets going he's fast and I think when Allen gets going, it's the same thing. All right, got to run. Ado, uh thanks, everybody, for calling. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to tonight's show. Again, back every day now through the weekday, so I'll be back talking to you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Next up, though, we have coverage of the Stanley Cup playoffs between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. That is on the way next here on WGR.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?